Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, all right. Well, batting down the hatches, Florida, it's coming through, it's coming through. I think the worst of it is uh, is just past the Tampa-Fort Worth, the Tampa-Fort Worth, listen to me. Oh, a little tired. I'll tell you why in a minute. The the Tampa, St. Pete area there. Is it Fort Myers? Um, I get all those beach communities in uh, Florida mixed up. But anyway, uh, yes, it looks like it's been a pretty uh, a pretty tough hurricane. It looks like it's been a, a pretty bad one. You know, they always like to say the hurricane of the century. This is the hurricane of it's the biggest hurricane to ever hit. So, you know, I'm watching. I have a couple of things to talk about in regards to this hurricane. Um, as you see from the title of the show, a hurricane means climate change emergency, says Nutty Libs. Every time, I swear to God, every time there's a hurricane or a snowstorm, right? It's climate change. It's a little confusing because one is warm weather, one is cold weather, right? So is it too hot, too cold? What is it? I know we're just getting these drastic, dramatic storms more, but we're actually not. You know, this all makes sense when you say that. We're getting these storms much more often. Well, no. I mean, it's kind of historic and everyone gets into it because it's kind of rare still to get these kinds of storms. But they happen. They've always happened. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, about 44, 45 years ago, I used to see these storms. Hurricanes and, and tornadoes and huge snowstorms. Nothing has changed. But of course, with every, this is how this is how stupid these people are. With every storm, with every hurricane that gets tension, every huge snowstorm that gets tension, or tornadoes when it rips through an area, or what have you, they say, a climate change emergency. Do you see what's happening? Do you see? And then the really nut ones, the really nut jobs, because the, 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 the hurricanes are obviously more in Republican states, right? It just works that way because it's the Southeast, and the Southeast is very Republican. So every time this happens, every time it happens, they go, this is the Lord. These are people who don't even believe in the Lord. You have atheists who say, you see, this is the Lord. This is the Lord getting back at you. This is the karma. For those, for those who don't want to uh, don't want to talk about the Lord, they'll say, this is karma for the right wingers. It's coming. These people are so insane. Nothing they say makes sense. It's all like la la. It's like lunatic la la land idiocy. Nothing they say makes any sense scientifically, common sense wise, nothing. So anyway, I'm watching the CNN coverage. This is why I even watch Fox coverage of a storm. People say, why do you watch? Because I don't have to have a lunatic CNN. It's one of these crazy guys. You know, they go like Jim Cantore, by the way, who almost got struck by lightning. He almost got struck by lightning earlier today. Literally, it was like a few feet away from him. Jim Cantore was almost fried. It was almost fried mozzarella, Jim Cantori, but he escaped it, thank goodness. I like Jim Cantori. I shouldn't make fun of him. But so there's one of these guys on CNN. You know, they, they sit there in a hotel and they, these are the doors. They, they're outside the hotel and they're showing the rain and the wind. And they got to stand in the wind. You know, these idiots they have to stand there and they have that, you know, they, they get their leg hunkered down and they're trying to not be blown away and they're talking and they're doing the live while the, well, the guy's talking and he's talking and the, the storm looks pretty bad, right? The wind, the, the palm trees are going. <laughs> And he says, uh, a climate change, this is climate change, climate change, he has to get climate change in there. 
They can't just fucking, it's a weatherman. You're a fucking weatherman. In fact, these aren't even meteorologists. They're just reporters who like the action. You know, they're young and they're just starting out. And this is the assignment they get. And they like the action. They like, they like being shown how tough they are. They can take the wind and the rain. And the guy brings up climate change. It's like, who are you? are you? Are you Noah? Are you Mr. Noah? Do you know what the fuck you're talking about? So they keep doing it, even though Don Lemon, who was, uh, by the way, demoted, his show taken away and put on the mornings with a panel, he was doing coverage of the storm, I believe yesterday, and he was talking to an actual Noah guy, and he brought up climate change, and the Noah guy totally struck him down and said, no, you can't blame, this is not climate change, these storms are, they happen, they've always happened, and we can't, we can't make the correlation to this storm and climate change, which of course Don Lemon was trying to do. He was trying to say, this storm is proof of climate change, and the, and the Noah guy who actually knows shit, not Don Lemon, who's a, 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 a vapid lush who doesn't know anything just knows how to talk and look into a camera and look pretty and read off a teleprompter. It takes absolutely IQ of about 70. You can do it. Anybody can do it. But of course, not everyone has the looks of Don Lemon. And uh, he just shut him down totally. Made him look like a total fucking moron. But then again, there's the next day on CNN, there's this guy who's covering the storm and he has to bring up climate change. Can't just cover the storm. Tell me what's happening. Tell me how, how windy it is. Tell me how fucking windy it is and how much water's piling up and the surge. I don't want to hear about your, your comments on climate change. But they can't stop. These lunatics are all over the media, right? 90, like I've said, 95% of the media is all these left-wing lunatics. And they have to get in their personal opinions all the time. So I, I, I'm going through my Twitter feed looking at storm coverage. And uh, I see... I think this is from a, this is not from this storm, right? This is from a storm that went through North Carolina a few years ago in 2018. And uh, the person who put up calls it an iconic media moment. And it's one of those guys who's out there covering the storm. And, you know, he's looks like he's about to be blown away. He's trying his hardest not to be blown away. He's making it look so dramatic. And there are a couple of guys in the background just walking normally. <laughs> a couple of skinny guys in the background with shorts on just walking past him normally while he's putting on this act. You see, this is why the news media is fake. They fake everything. And if something's real, they heighten it, right? They overly dramatize it to where you can't believe it anymore. Here's a case, a real storm, but the guy can't just cover the actual storm. If it's a bad enough storm, why do you have to act and make it worse than it is? Why? Well, first, the guy wants to be dramatic to get viewers and make it look like how tough he is. But secondly, you know, this is worse than we're saying it is because climate change, right? We're going to make it worse than it is. So this is this is the lunatic left media. They want to get their narrative out there no matter what. So what's really sad about this, sick and sad, is that these people, these people want these things to happen. You see, they want bad storms. They, we, normal people don't want bad storms. They don't want people to get hurt. They don't want people to get injured and killed, which always happens in these storms. They don't want property to be damaged. But these lunatic leftists want these storms. They cheer on these storms. Just as they were cheering on COVID, right? They wanted more COVID because they wanted more mask and vaccine. They wanted to blame the unvaccinated. So they were cheering on. Every time there was a story about how Remember all those po when you tried to write a, a positive story about COVID, they would bash it and say, oh, it's fake. It's fake. No, we don't want to listen to this. No, good things can't happen. It's got to be death and destruction. That's what they want. They want bad things to happen to good people to push their crazy narratives.
whether it's climate change or uh, a respiratory virus or whatever it may be. They want bad things to happen to help promote to help promote their narrative, whatever it may be. That's, that's what they want. They want to promote their narrative no matter what happens to people. They don't care what happens to people. They don't care. And any good story during the COVID era, if you will, any good story, they totally shut down. So they didn't want good news. They only wanted bad news. And we're seeing that we continue to see it. We continue to see it with Fauci. He just said two days ago, now I'll get back to the storm in a second. He just said two days ago that, oh, we're not even close to being, we're not even close to being able to deal with COVID on an everyday basis. It's not even close to being endemic. It's not even close to being something we can just live with. Of course, he's full of shit. Every doctor who's not a total political whore for the Democratic Party and Joe Biden says absolutely it's been endemic for a long time. And of course, we're just in a stage of living with it. We have to live with it forever. Might be, might be years or it could be forever. We're absolutely, we've been in that period for a while now. But no, according to Fauci, we're not even close. We're not even close. So this is the wackiness of the left. And now we're seeing it with these hurricanes. And many of us, including myself and a lot of other people said, wait a minute, you think regulations and authoritarianism during COVID was bad? Wait till you see what they try to do on climate change. They will try to use the same measures, the same authoritarian regulations and, uh, and, and meaningless, useless, and absolutely, in the end, destructive uh, uh, mandates for, for climate change. And now we're seeing it in California. We just saw it in California with a three-day heat wave, a 72-hour heat wave. And Gavin Newsom goes on TV and says, you gotta, everyone's got to put their temperature, the thermometers down to, up to 78. It can't be cooler than 78. Now, th- did we ever hear that before COVID? I don't remember. I remember lots of heat waves here in California. I've been here for a decade. So that was eight years before COVID hit. I remember tons of heat waves, worse than the one we just had that was 72 hours. I don't ever remember Gavin Newsom going on television, telling everyone to not have their air conditioning below 78. I don't remember that. You know why? Because before COVID, people would have laughed in his his vapid playboy hair gel ridden face. But after what he got away with for two and a half years of COVID, now it's normal. Now these regulations, these meaningless mandates, the government telling you how to run your life and what you need to do, that's been normalized by people like Gavin Newsom. That's been normalized by people like Gavin Newsom. And they will use that forever now. And it's only going to get worse with this climate change. It's only going to get worse. Because the remember at the beginning, with these recommendations of doing certain things. We recommend you wear a mask. We recommend you get the vaccine. Became, you better fucking wear that mask and you better fucking get that vaccine. And the same thing is going to happen with this climate change crap. Well, we recommend you you put your thermostat at 78. We'll soon become, we're going to lock your thermostat at 78. The power company's not going to let you. They're going to be able to control your thermostat. So you can't put it below 70. I know, crazy conspiracy theory. Come back to me in a year or two. See, that's what's going to happen. Because like I said, you give them an inch, they take a mile. You give them a mile, they take a yard. And that's what's going to keep happening. Yard, Boston Yard. At some point until we just punch them in the face. Punch their dumb nose down their dumb, stupid throats. And that will end everything. We need to politically do that. 
unfortunately, I can't physically do that to Kevin, to Gavin Newsom. It's technically illegal, I was told by a cop. But I think politically, we can we can do that. Speaking of law, I know I know you're all on the edge wondering about my jury duty. I know you're all you're all concerned about me, right? I just heard everyone say right. Okay. So I, I got out of it. I didn't lie. I didn't lie, all right? I got out of it because I didn't realize, you know, I, I this is my first time where I was actually called. You know, I got the jury duty like a year ago, but you call on the phone and they just let you say, you know, no, we're not doing anything this week. You're out of it. This is the first time I actually had to go in. So I went to the Hall of Justice. How how dramatic is that? The Hall of Justice. I was expecting to see Batman in the in the, in San Francisco, which is a goddamn shitty building on Bryan Street here. It's a terrible building. They need to build a new one. I mean, it's a drab and dreary. And ugh. Anyway, so I went to the Hall of Justice. And, you know, I, you go through the process. And this process is so ridiculous. You sit in a room, I'd say with about 120 people, 100, 120 people, and they play this ridiculous video that tells you what a defense attorney does. It tells you what a prosecutor does. Oh, tells you what a jurist does. You're thinking, if there's anyone in this room doesn't know this, they shouldn't fucking be here. I don't want them judging my life. That's for sure. So it's like this 20-minute ridiculous video. I felt like I was in sixth grade. Actually, sixth graders know this stuff. Kindergarten. And I was watching this, and they're all actors, and they're all very good. They're playing like, you know, like it's law and order. And they tell you the whole thing. All right, so then... A woman comes in. She looked like she was, a, by the way, masks. You, ha- you still have to have masks in the, in the court building in San Francisco. I don't know if it's this way in other parts of the country. I, I, I'm sure it's not in Republican-run states and cities. But you still have So you don't need masks. And in fact, the CDC finally said two days ago, you don't need masks in medical settings anymore. So we don't need masks anywhere, including medical settings. But we still need masks in courtrooms. How fucking stupid are these people? And these are oh, incredible. And this is the jury system. This is the judge. This is the this is the criminal justice system here in San Francisco. How dumb. Anyway, so we're all in our masks. I have my special incredibly thin mask because I don't even have like having a mask. That's how stupid this whole thing. It's like literally not wearing a mask. But of course, it satisfies their requirements. And uh, and this girl comes in, this nice, pretty Asian girl. I she had a mask on. I couldn't tell. She looked like she was about 18. She might have been 21. And she reads from the script and in the script, it says, she says, if you have COVID or if you are living with someone who has COVID, if you're living with someone who is about to had a COVID test because they're not feeling well, if you've had a COVID test and you're waiting for the result, in other words, if you have any connection to the COVID-19 virus whatsoever, literally, if you know someone who has COVID, go outside and we'll reassign you for another time. Let me tell you. So I, there were about 120 people in this room. Not one person left. So what does that tell you? It tells you there's, there's no COVID problem here anymore. 120 people and not one had any connection to COVID whatsoever. Yet they're still doing this ridiculousness with these masks. It's idiotic. Anyway, she makes that whole spiel. And then the usual spiel of, and we ask you to wear masks to protect you and protect that. They say, for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. And so the 10 minutes later, she comes back in and reads the whole thing again. You know, it's like the flight attendants who you know have done have done this five million times, yet they still read from a script. So she's reading from the script because I'm sure they don't let her ad lib. So she does it again. Okay, we go through the COVID crap again. No one leaves. Then finally, she calls our names. I'm one of maybe 80, 90 names she calls, and we go into the actual courtroom. And that's the first, this is the first time in my life, I think, 
I've watched too many courtroom movies. It almost feels like I've been in a courtroom, but I think this is the first time in my life I've actually been in a real courtroom. And so I, you know, we sit down and some other woman comes in, gives this, this spiel and all this. And then the, uh, uh, she calls out like names of like eight people says you're excused. Now I could tell those eight people who she called out were Asians who speak no English. And the people behind me were getting very upset. I could hear them, you know, whispering, why don't they have translators? Why don't they have you? Well, look, they're going to hire translators. We're in, we're in San Francisco. You can probably have Asians who don't speak English on almost every court case. Do you know how much that would cost to hire a translator and put things in their ears? And they're not going to be able to do that. So basically, if you're an Asian, and there are many Asians here, especially the older ones, who don't speak any English, they cannot serve, basically. So they come and they go through the process, but they get they get eliminated right away. Of course, look, if your life is on the line, you certainly want someone who understands what's going on. So if there's any problem with understanding English, you if, if you can't be on the jury. So these are little things I'm, I'm like learning here. Yeah, it'd be nice to have translators, but come on. The city's not going to spend that kind of money. London Breed has to get it. She's making 350K. They don't have the money for translators and courtrooms. Okay, so anyway, so they eliminate those people. And then the judge comes in, nice guy, gray-haired guy, nice guy. And he goes through his spiel where I know this is a big, you know, we've, we've disrupted your life. I understand that. I, I get it, you know. Blah, blah. And he goes through the whole process. And he says how nice they are, that they take breaks every hour so you can go outside the courtroom and take your mask off for fresh air every few minutes. How about just not wearing masks anymore, judge, your honor? Anyway, so he goes through his whole spiel. And then he says, well, this, this – uh, case that you would be picked for if you're picked uh goes till october like 21st it was like a three and a half week case and i'm like oh shit i just assumed that the case would be a day or two so i wonder if this is a big case three weeks it's probably a pretty big case anyway then he says okay this is the hard today's the hardship day we're not picking jurors today this is the hardship day if you have a hardship you let us know. You write it down. I will approve it or not approve it. And one of the hardships is if you're traveling any time between now and, and, and October 21st, um, you know, you're, uh, I might excuse you depending on the situation, you know. But, but. So I said, oh, crap, I am going to travel. I'm, 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 I'm going to Florida between now and then to see my mother. Um, I have a, a, a trip uh, to Texas planned and all this stuff. So I, I, I wrote out on the thing that I'm doing this. You know, and it, it, it's so ridiculous because you have like a there must have been about 40 people who stayed who had supposed quote unquote hardships. You know, there are others, too. If you're taking care of an older person, if you can't leave your job for three weeks, they won't pay you. Blah, blah. So it's a whole bunch of things. So uh, there's a there's a, a stack of papers, about 30 of them thick. And the assistant takes it. And within like a minute later, she comes back. So, you know, this guy didn't look through all 30. He didn't like look. He didn't like, you know, look through every excuse. He probably just said, OK, whatever. Because there are plenty of people to choose from anyway. So I was excused. So that was it. I mean, if it was a, a case where it wasn't going to interfere with my travel, if it was just this week, I probably would have stayed because it looked like an interesting process. Um, but once he said, you know, it was going to go through October, I said, oh, crap. I hope he excuses me because uh, my, my travel plans, I'll have to cancel them. Uh, but no, he made it clear that, you know, if you've had travel plans, especially if you already paid for stuff, I had the evidence. Of the, I thought it was going to be a whole process. We was going to say, okay, show me the evidence, Mike. And I had it, but that never happened. I mean, it was just like, you know, he just went, okay to everything. So that was my process. So that's well, that's it. So that's it. I'm done for a year. And a year, you know, maybe a year from now, I'll be lucky enough 
where they won't have mess. You think a year? Do you think maybe a year from now? You think by September, October of 2023, they won't make you wear masks in the courtroom here in San Francisco? Is that is that like at all possible? Is that at all possible? I wonder. I thought about it. I said, you know, once again, if I, I try to be, a, I'm a sane person, so I say, of course, a year from now, in the fall of 2023. They're not going to make us wear masks anywhere anymore. But it's San Francisco, baby. This could be forever. There are people here, I believe, who will wear masks forever and ever and never take them off ever, especially in flu season. Even if they don't wear them during the summer, come September, October, they'll wear them until March or April. I guarantee you'll see this for the rest of your life here in San Francisco and other places like New York and L.A. and so on and so forth. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because they are not over it here. In fact, I think people are getting worse. I'm seeing more and more posts on, on social media, people wearing masks, showing how they're fancy and not even not even the N95 masks, but like the the friggin like these these like gas masks, like like the apocalypse, like a nuclear, like the atomic bomb hit. And they're promoting this stuff and, and, and begging to bring back masks. And believe me, they would like you to be forced to wear a gas mask. They would like, believe me, there are nut jobs in this city and in this country. Of course, 99.9% in Democrat-run cities, they're all liberal Democrats, who would love the government to send you one of those crazy $500 gas masks and force you to wear it. Absolutely, without a doubt. Anyway, so this is the situation. This is why... There is no, I understand people say to me, Mike, why do you keep talking about this? Because I live in San Francisco. You see, if I lived in, if I lived in uh, Nashville, okay, if I lived in uh, uh, Florida, many cities in Florida, if I lived in Idaho, if I lived in Alabama, if I lived in Utah, if I lived in Nebraska, if I lived in most of this country, I really would not be talking about this as much. But I live in San Francisco. And people here have such obsessive compulsive disorder and hypochondria that they're not getting past this. And it's being forced on my life. Do you see it's being forced on my life? I'll get to you in one second, Vlad. But, uh, you know, people say, Mike, but if other people wear masks, let's say in places where you don't have to, which is most places now, why do you care? Because it's called aesthetic. You see, cities actually have laws when it comes to the aesthetic of the city. Like if I own a home, even though I own that home, it's like my home, I can't put like garbage on the front lawn. I can't have like tons of garbage on the front lawn. The city will come and find me. Okay, it's called aesthetic. Once again, that's my, it's supposed to be my business, right? It's my lawn. It's not your lawn. It's not the city's lawn. It's my, it doesn't matter. The city has laws on aesthetic. So to me, the mass thing is an aesthetic thing now. I don't want to go out and think about death and, and disease all the time. I don't want the outside world to look like an emergency room. I think it's bad aesthetic for a city and a society to have that. Not just that, these people throw these masks, these supposed liberals who care about climate change and the environment so much, throw these masks on the floor and they go into the ocean here. We live very close to the ocean here. The city's only a few miles from the ocean and they throw it and the wind comes and the rain comes and it washes off into the ocean, into the sewage system and then animals in the ocean die. They care about animals in the ocean so much, they die because they eat these masks or they get wrapped around their fucking noses, okay? I see these masks everywhere I go. So they're littering. The people who wear the masks are littering. It's not people who don't wear masks are littering because there's no mask to litter with, but the people who wear masks are littering. 
So it's an aesthetic thing. It's a litter problem. It's an environmental problem. And if I ran the city, if I were king of the city, I would say no more masks. That's the law. No more masks. Unless it's the kind of like the opposite of people who say I have an excuse not to wear a mask as my excuse. No, unless you have an excuse why you have to wear a mask from your doctor, you cannot wear a mask. If I were king of the city. Hey, Vlad, how are you? Vlad, are you there? Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? You have a different. You have a different photo. I almost didn't recognize you. I put my grandniece. That's not my daughter. She's my grandniece. Oh, daughter. how cute! How cute! That's good. I like. She that. overcame COVID. She overcame COVID last Did week. Did she? Well, and like, then like she most, started, like, like most kids do, right? Exactly, and she started running around playing, and you could see they're very happy. But that's my grandniece. If she was my daughter, I'd love her even more. Very because, cute. You know, but cute. she she overcame. She's a great fighter. Um, basically. Come on, Mike. You should already know. Liberalism is a mental disorder, Papa. Liberalism is a mental disorder. I know it They're going to wear masks. They're going to act stupid. They're going to go running around with their PTSD, makeup, fictitious, whatever, whether it was monkeypox. Now it's going to be what? Polio again or whatever shit that they, they're going to be <laughs> running around with their mask. You know, I took I took the the polio shots when I was a kid. I mean, it's in me. Oh, well, we all do. We all do. You know, and so I'm not worried about that. But they're going to be running around. And I still see. In fact, I was in a lecture earlier on via Zoom, and there was a lady from the church, and she had she was the only one masked, and she's at home. I'm like, that is insane. She must be a Democrat. Well, liberalism is a mental Biden, disorder. Vlad Biden did that. Remember, he was on that Zoom call with like 50 world leaders. Mm-hmm. By himself in his in the Oval Office or in his uh, in his in his uh, in his house in, in in the room, and it was only him, and he was wearing a mask, and none of the other world leaders were wearing a mask on Zoom. Yeah, I'm just telling you, this thing is going from bad to worse. But you know what? Again, if we make laws to open up the the psych, psych wards, it's going to be full of Democrats. <laughs> what can I tell you? It's going to be full of Democrats. You know? That's why That's why they're against psych wards. That must be exactly. it. I think you put your finger on it. So here in California, you know, back in when I was a kid, uh, the father of Jerry Brown, Pat Brown, he did away with that. He, he did legislation. We need to undo that legislation to lock many of these crazies up, you know, yeah. that are sick in the head because right. that's not right. They're, they're, it's, it's the the funny farm, instead of being run by staffed uh uh, doctors and nurses and, and orderlies just being run by by the loonies, the loonies coming out running the loony bin. And another thing with the masking really is another problem with the masking is that when you go to most Republican cities where they haven't been wearing masks, they haven't even been thinking about masks for over a year. It's much tougher. Of course, they would never bring in a mandate, but it would be much tougher to bring in a mandate. But when you're in a city like San Francisco and you've still got 30, 40 percent of people wearing masks, it's much easier. You already have those people on your side. So it's yeah. much easier to bring back mandates and have people comply with Remember it. here in L.A., it was maybe two, three months back, they tried to enact uh, masking again. And, and the city of Beverly Hills, Pasadena, told the county supervisors, go shove it. We don't got time for that bullshit anymore. Well, people are dying think like think about this. They, they're supposedly, the Democrats have always said through this whole period, and of course, even before COVID, we are the party of science. And, and during COVID, we, the CDC is the is the Christ of the health, and they know everything. So they said, we follow the CDC, whatever Rochelle Walensky says. So, so, Vlad, they always talk about numbers. Well, the numbers, the numbers are up. We have to bring back mass. The numbers. So once again, I'm in this room with 120 people, all people who don't know each other from different parts of the city. Uh-huh. In, in a room of 120 people, 
And they're asked, if you have any connection with anything COVID-related, leave the room. No one did, proving that COVID is not an issue in San Francisco anymore, okay? It's not an issue. The numbers are way, way, way down. So what is this with masking in places, masking in, in doctor's offices, masking in, in courtrooms, in federal buildings? What is the point of it? It's just, it's just insane people, fearful people, assuming that just because you're in a public, well, fuck, how are you ever going to get over anything if you don't expose yourself? You have to, how are you going to develop any herd immunity, assuming this thing is out there, if you continue to wear a mask? I laugh at, you know, I go to my, my favorite coffee shop. It's a Mexican one because I don't do Starbucks a lot anymore. I kind of boycotted them in my own way. So I go study there, right? When it's not busy early in the morning, I go write my notes. I don't really go study. I just write my notes and read a little bit. And all the workers are masked up. And you know what? Some of those girls, I don't want to be misogynistic. They're pretty. Mm-hmm. I just want to see their smile. I want you to know, say, how are you doing? I say, how are you doing? And they respond. And I don't know what the hell they say. They have to say it two or three times. You know, that it's not because up, I'm deaf, you know? That brings up another point, Vlad, which is, you know, I was thinking in this courtroom setting, right, of all the jurors wearing masks, isn't it the right of the defendant to see the jurors' faces? Exactly. Shouldn't the jurors' faces have to be exposed? I don't understand. I don't understand how they've gotten away with this. We're having jur- jurors with their with their with their faces masked. I don't I don't get it. They asked me to take my hat. This is how stupid it is. I walk into the courtroom. Now this is once again not even the, not even the jury process. So there's no defendant there. And they asked me to take my hat off. I got to take my hat off, but I got to leave my mask on. It's so, it's it's so, it's it's as, it's as idiotic as you can. The people here are so dumb, yet they think they're the smartest people in the world. And that's what's maddening. Where the smart, the dumbest people think they're the smartest people. That's and they think they're smarter than everyone else, who's much smarter than they are in reality. That's the maddening. At least when I see them masked, Mike. At least when I see them masked, we know who are the Democrats. <laughs> Oh, oh, there's absolutely, yeah, especially, especially in a voluntary situation where you don't have to wear them. Like I, I had to wear it in the courtroom where the judge probably would have arrested me. So I had to, but in a, in a voluntary situation where people don't have to wear a mask and they're wearing them, you absolutely know they're Democrats. There's Here's another person. Yeah. I'm going to leave so you can let this person that usually mask by the name of Lance talk. He doesn't wear masks. You know that. That's for sure. That, thanks for the call, Vlad. That's it. I'll get to you one second, Lance, because that brings up the other situation of, you know, this idea of masking, when we see all these videos of the, of the criminals, because we see so much crime and much of it's on camera these days, obviously, crime in big cities. Do you notice these uh, criminals, these thugs are o- almost always wearing a mask? Do you think they're worried about COVID? Do you think a 20 year old who shoots up a joint is worried about getting COVID? No, they're using it to disguise their faces because it's normal now. Right in the old days before COVID, if someone walked into a store with a mask on, we'd immediately get our shotgun out. We'd immediately call the police. We'd immediately say, "Wait a minute, we got to wash this guy." But now it's so normal to walk into a place, and they know their faces can be covered. They got the idea now; their faces can be covered, and it's tougher to recognize them. Why is it still legal to wear masks, especially in big cities where criminals are doing it to get away with crime? It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely bat crap crazy. Every time I see a video of a thug raping someone or, or shooting someone or robbing someone, they have a mask on. They ain't worried about getting a fucking cold. Hey, Lance, what's up? 
Well, Mike, you know, I tend to start with something I agree with. Do I not usually? Usually you do. Then you work your way up to disagreement. Oh, very much so. <laughs> you know, almost, 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 almost every time. All right. If I speaking of climate change, right? If mm-hmm. if I was going to design, if I was going to infiltrate, you know, as like a oil executive into the climate change, you know, movement. And this is funny because there was a guy, he was uh, a, a, a person, a black guy who was the uh, the Exxon lobbyist, right? right. Who I think right. was a project was a project veritas that got that. Yeah, I think so. I think I think so. You know, I wish those people maybe they maybe they learned their lesson because it seems like they're more legit. If they would just stop doing the edited bullshit, they get real shit. Yeah, absolutely. No that about you know, it. if they would just stop being assholes about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they would. Okay, they so he this is this is pretty much so it's like it's not like so this isn't like so this is what this guy said basically. He said, "Yeah, we can promise everything because we know they won't do it." Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I got on one of the on a call in, you know, probably a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, a couple months, and it was a. A climate change scientist, <laughs> okay, a woman who was definitely, um, you know, progressive, whatever. But scientists, if they're not assholes, they're going to be honest. In other words, you could take a right wing and a left wing economist, or a right wing and a left wing honest broker, you know, whatever their politics. They're going to agree on the facts, right? So she said, and I asked her. I thought, okay, this woman sounds like an honest broker, and they were talking about, you know, horrible. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I said, is is there a, is there a, a long term trend? Because I said, based on my little two cents worth, I'm not was never good at science, science for being a fairly smart person, but we've had long term like warmings and coolings. We've had ice ages, and it doesn't mean we can't have another one. Or whatever. And she's like, yeah, we are in a long term warming trend. But there's no question that we're exacerbating it and making it worse. Okay, fine. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, right, Mike, is that when people say think locally, act globally, or I mean think global. excuse me, think globally, act locally. That was an old term back in the early environmental days. You know right. what that meant? We can't, you can't solve everything. It's like almost like a populist statement. Do what you can. Well, some of it was recycling and that was bullshit. Anyway, my point is, my point is this. Just like that lobbyist, if I wanted to infiltrate and I wanted to make the climate movement, you know, if I wanted to destroy it, what I would do is I would say, it's monumental. Yeah. We've got to get every country on earth, especially Canada, China, and the United States, we've got to all be on board all the time. There's an old Dr. Seuss book called Horton Hears a Who. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Seuss books. Oh, that's one of the most famous ones. You yeah. know that You know that story, right? Oops. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that to me sounds like what the climate do-gooders are saying. Horton Hears a Who. Until we get every last voice to say yes, 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 we got to fix this then we can't do anything. You hear my point? So in other words, back in the day when I actually did fix the environment the first time, it was because Lake Erie caught fire. It really did. 
It really did. Lake Erie is a very shallow lake, yep. and but it's big, and it, it caught fire. Not the entire surface of the entire lake, but yeah, yeah, like a mile in, as far as you can see, it, the whole fucking thing went on fire, man. It was fucking weird. Lance, and, if you, Lance, if you want to solve something, you have to stop. It's like with COVID. You have to stop being hyperbolic and using fear and hysteria to push a narrative. But what I'm saying is, so how can this like 97% agreement on climate science? Well, that means that they must be really running the show when it comes to, uh, to getting stuff done about it. And they're not getting shit done about it. And they are in, in terms of some of these like lawsuits that I probably think are good, you know, outcomes and you think are bad outcomes in some cases. But the point I'm saying is, is that they're not, they're, they're making it so monumentally hard to fix that they're making it like where people are like, yeah. In fact, I just actually, and I've been on this mantra for a while, but I just saw a statistic that like the majority of people feel like that, no, there's not much they could possibly do to help climate change. It's like exactly, and that's exactly what the fossil fuel industry wants you to think. They want you to think it's unsolvable. They want you to think it's a worldwide problem, these worldwide solutions, and there's nothing we can do on a local or state level, which is false, because there are still ordinances, there are still state laws, there are still things that local property owners can still do or not do. Anyway, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But once again, look, we we don't know. All we know is we have information that goes back to about 1870, 1880, when it comes to the climate. So there were there's a long time of this universe, this planet, that we have no data on climate whatsoever. So we don't know how many periods like this we've been through. We don't know. We don't know. We do know that the, there was an ice age. The polar ice caps melted before. We know this happened, right? So we we do know there were other. There were definitely periods where we had these kinds of issues with warming or cooling, with the temperature going down, the temperature going up. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you don't know about cycles, when you only know about cycles over the last 140, 150 years, and you know before that, you can't definitively say we have never seen this before. You can't definitively. In fact, you know, Lance, let's fast forward. We can fast forward 100. Let's fast forward 300 years from now. We're still here. Of course, the climate activists said a million times. Every 10 years, they say 10 years from now, we're not going to be here anymore. But we're still here 300 years from now. And the people will go back and they'll look because there will be data about what we went through in this period and what people said. And they'll say, look how nutty these people were. Just like people can look back on COVID probably more like 10, 20 years from now and say, look how nutty these people were. So the fact of the matter is we don't know. We know some things, some major events that happened before, you know, 1870, 1880. But we don't know how many cycles like this we have gone through. And that's just, the, when, you, when you talk to people who will whack jobs about climate change, they don't want to talk about this. All they want to say is the earth is burning, we're all dying, and we have to, st- we have to do something now. And when you start talking like that, your hair is on fire, or when morons literally put themselves on fire on tennis courts to try to make the point, you're not helping your narrative whatsoever you're not you're not you know yeah 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 let me agree with you again before i disagree before i give you the flip side see here we go here we go here we go get ready (laughs) i love it no 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 i know okay here's something where and i say this to lefties all the time throughout like from the 60s to now there are some well-meaning well-meaning progressive ideas and policies that got carried too far 
and wound up bad. There are other ideas that were originally bad, where the progressive idea wasn't even the right idea to begin with, historically. Right. Now, I'm a progressive. I'm a lefty, let's say, whatever, or whatever fucking term you want to put. So I'm, but, but no, but sometimes they're just wrong. Eminent domain will be one. Here's one. Vaccines. It was all about control. It never had anything to do with well-meaning safety, but we were wrong. They knew the shit was going to be very widespread and that it was going to be very contagious. And yes, it wasn't going to be like the flu. It was going to be deadly, but not as deadly as he, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So they knew that. It was all about control. Progressives were wrong and conservatives were just like knee-jerk, gut-feeling, uh, you know, uh, I just don't think I don't want to take a jet. No, they had looked it up. Right. Not every conservative just bought it because they had a gut feeling and Trump said, Bleh. no, no, they were they were throwing out the facts that nobody was picking up on except conservatives who were picking up on neutral people and not just right wing doctors. Hello. Right. Mm-hmm. So so not only not only were the, was the left wrong, but there was evidence that 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 we were wrong. <laughs> OK, I was washing my groceries and all this bullshit. Not realizing that I'm in that category, even though I'm 65, I'm in a low I, I'm I have a very, very, very high immune system. Knock on wood, literally, man, because I'm also Catholic, so I don't want to, you know, hex myself. But, you know. I just had my first physical in 30 years. And she, yeah, you're good to go. You got some earwax. That's the worst thing I got. So, you know, whatever. Okay. I have, yeah, that, I have that problem. I have to get that cleaning every year. Some of us have that issue. So, you know, some people I understand can go like their whole life and not have any issues with that whatsoever. And some people, yeah. well, like, uh, like you and I. Dude, I'm 65. I don't take any pills. I just had a physical. And that's my worst problem is I have earwax. Okay. So I, I think I'm doing something right. You know, what my point though is, you know, is that, is that I should have realized I'm probably not going to get it, but I didn't pay attention. I bought it. I bought it. Anyway, let me make the broader point before I just go. Okay. Here's the flip side of the global warming thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. Okay. L- l- let me just throw this little tidbit of information, right? Two things. Well, the first one is really relates to the second thing. We had trolleys. Even when I was a kid, there was a few left, but not many. You know, I grew up in the – I was born in the 50s, grew up in the 60s, but there were very few left. Trolleys, right? Electronic uh, – you know, electric – electronic. Electric, uh, you know, rails right. on the ground. Yeah. Not the electric ones, which are still around, like the, the high-tech buses. I assume they still have the electric buses in Seattle and San Fran, right? Uh, not just yeah, – We have everything here. We have, the, we have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but What's I mean back in the part? day, the old-fashioned trolleys that weren't overhead. They didn't have the overhead wires. They were just the slow-moving just trolleys that went right. along, along the rails. Well, uh, Goodyear and the Rockefellers, they were, you know, whatever they were like, the worm that you chop it up, but it reforms, whatever. Okay, so the, 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 fossil, the fossil fuel industry and the uh, um, the rubber companies, especially, you know, for cars, because rails, metal, buses, it's only so many buses, they got rid of buses, they got rid of all the metropolitan rail systems by saying, ah, this is clunky, and here was their pitch. The, the rails can only go on certain streets, but if you have buses and you have more cars, they can go anywhere. And it was a scam. 
It was propaganda. And that's why. Okay. So, 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 so in other words, that's why we have the combustible engine. And that's why we have all that spewing smoke is because, okay, instead of literally a hundred years ago now, really, instead of uh, advancing the electric rail system, right? Instead of advancing that and putting all our energy into electric and electrification, electric cars, electric everything, no, we're going to be gas-powered forever, you see. So it was a con job to begin with, and that's where you get the interstate highway where we said, yeah, now let's build a million zillion roads. And what are we going to do now going forward? We're going to build more and more roads. Okay, let me finish with this, right? The New York State Thruway. Now, I'm in New York. Okay, if you go north to south, it is bumpy. You go from mountains to flat to mountain, but east, west, and north, south. You have the Mohawk Valley from Buffalo to Albany. You have the north, south from Albany, again, or even north of there, to New York. Flat, 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 flat and straight. When they did the eminent domain, when they had to buy, you know, all the stuff they have to buy, right, to build a highway, they had to do it, eminent domain. We had to buy everybody's property market value. They The, the median strip in the 50s, when they started building the interstate throughway, the throughway, the median strip was for future train, high speed, for trains, high speed trains. Right. Yes. Exactly. That's right. Look at all those high speed trains we got, Lance. I mean, you have to love all the high speed trains we have here, huh? It only, it only, it only takes. Look, I'm not saying Democrats. Okay, so the Democrats in California, because of their bullshit, because of their asshole. This is exactly my point. Because of their well-meaning, seriously well-meaning laws about saving the so-called spotted owl back in the 70s. It was like, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't let either the government or a private or whatever come around and just trash everything just to build stuff. Right. Yeah. Well. So, so instead, the, the, the pendulum swung. This is the example of progr- well-meaning progressive values getting perverted and and, 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 and becoming fucked up. And so right. now, now it took fit, literally, look it up, $15 billion, fit one five, $15 billion to try to – they were going to build a high-speed train from San Francisco to L.A., it's going to go from like, I don't know, Bakersfield to Podesto. It's going to go 50 miles, 20 billion later. It's ridiculous. And that's because of well-meaning, let's preserve the environment. Now we can do a NIMBY for housing and for uh, and for highways and for everything. No, nope, right. it's going to fuck up the environment. Well, of course, you're going to upset some little bird nest somewhere. Yeah, they always have an excuse. Like I said, like NIMBY, not in my backyard. We want it, but not in my backyard. Well, if everyone says that, you can't have it, right? It's got to be in someone's freaking backyard. So that's the whole, that's the, that's this ridiculous hypocrisy. Hey, Lance, I'm gonna let you go. I gotta I want to do some complaining about Biden. I have to complain about Biden. Thank you for the call. It's always good to hear from you. Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. You gotta realize that the pox on both their houses. Somehow you're gonna have to realize that there is no uh, right wing left wing paradigm, man. They both suck, you know. Okay. Yeah. Of course. No doubt about it. We know that. We know that you think, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast think both sides suck but you know what right now one side really sucks and i guess biden was at some event i'll go back to the cdc in a minute but biden was at some event where they were talking about he was thanking people and evidently what happened was he thanked someone who was dead it was a congressperson i believe who had died and he thanked the person as though they were still it wasn't like thank you to the memory it was like thank you as though the person he didn't know the person was dead he thought the person was there 
And so, of course, this got the ire of only certain people. CNN, MSNBC won't talk about this. If it was Trump, they would talk about it. But it was Biden, so of course they won't talk about that. We know the double standard. And But at, at, the, at the White House press secretary, John Pierre, she was asked at a press conference about, about Biden doing this, about Biden thinking someone was dead, alive when they're dead. And this was her response. Question of the Congresswoman, and I think we all totally get why she's top of mind. You've made that case pretty effectively. Um, well, but I think you. the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind, they're a top of mind, exactly that. Uh, and it is also, if you put it into the context, it's not like it happened without outside of context, right? It happened at an event uh, where we were um, uh, champ- we were calling out the champions, uh, congressional champions in particular of this uh, issue, this important issue uh, when it comes to food and security, something that this administration has led on, led uh, on uh, from the beginning of this administration, not just across the country, but, uh, but also globally. You heard him talk about food and security last week at the UN and uh, the investments that we have put forward uh, as as the U- as as the United States of America and helping and helping deal with. Anyway, she keeps going on and rambling. I didn't realize it was so long. So anyway, of course, she's usually as usual. She's trying to come up with excuses why the president of the United States didn't know a certain person was dead. <sighs> like this is perfectly normal. She was saying this is perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal. We all do that. We all have people on top of our minds who we mention. And we think they're alive, but they're actually dead. Don't we all do that? No, I, I know it's perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal if you have dementia or Alzheimer's. There's no doubt about that. It's perfectly normal. I agree with her 100% if you've got dementia or Alzheimer's. Otherwise, it's not perfectly normal. But this is this, this is, this is this constant. The White House is constant trying to twist everything and twist. And, and she reads all this out of a book. What is this with the reading out of a book? She's reading this out of a book. She doesn't know that people are going to bring this up. She doesn't know what she wants to say. I don't understand this idea of reading comments out of a book. I don't, I don't get that, reading words out of a book. I've never seen any press secretary do that before her. Maybe it's because she's not qualified to do this job. Maybe it's because she got the job for other reasons. <clears throat> and she's not the best person possible to have this job. Of course, Democrats do this all the time. They, they hire people, they elect people based on other reasons that have nothing to do with actual qualifications and being at the top of their class. I thought that's how you're supposed to get a job, right? You get a, a boss gets 20 resumes and they usually pick the person who best fits that job because it's going to make them look the best, right? To have people working for them who look to, who are the best, the best at what they do. Not because of other reasons, but because they are the best and the most qualified at doing that particular job. Whatever happened to that? Why do we have college? Why do people go to school anymore? Uh, Nowadays, you're basically born into getting these jobs, if you understand what I mean. And so this is what we get. This is what we get. This is the product we get. And of course, we got Biden simply because people wanted to get rid of Trump. They didn't care who the alternative was. And this is what you get. This is the product you get when you vote against someone, not for someone.
This is the product you get when you have a derangement syndrome that makes you not care who replaces the person that you're getting rid of. As long as you get rid of that person, like this was a two-week job, not a four-year job, a two-week job. Incredible. Uh, I think we're going to Cheech. Cheech, what's up? <laughs> I got to tell you my uh, Hall of Justice story. <clears throat> oh, you have a Hall of Justice story too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not a good one. Well, I mean, it's a funny one, but it ain't it ain't funny if you're on the receiving end of a jury. Um, so I got called down to the Hall of Justice in the early 90s, right? And uh, for jury duty, I was in that big room just like you were, like, I don't know, 120, 150 people or something. It was a big, big room. So I'm sitting there. I'm reading a book. And uh, somebody taps me on my shoulder. I turn around. I say, hey, bro. And it's one of my uh, <clears throat> childhood friends from, like, junior high school, right? Just by chance happens to get called to jury duty the same day. Wow. So, so I'm like, oh, no shit. I go, they got you down here? So anyways – what are the odds that we both get called into the same courtroom for a case? So we both get called into the same case. We're sitting in there and they're interviewing all these people for jury selection, right? So as we're kind of sitting, sitting in the back there waiting to get interviewed by the, uh, by the attorneys, <laughs> my friends cracking jokes, all kinds of inappropriate jokes. Um, at one point they bring in the, uh, the suspect or whatever, the guy that was being, was going on trial. Mm-hmm. And I think it was it was like a domestic abuse or, or something like that in the case, and um, and they show them to us and they go over some 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 instructions and then uh, and then they gave us a recess at some point and, and we're out and we're out and so we're walking out into the hallway there for for our break and uh, and my my uh, childhood friend is, is he's cracking jokes about being guilty and all kinds of shit. He ends up getting picked. For the fucking trial, right? I, we, I was, it was almost to the point where we were both going to get interviewed and get picked. They had no idea. We were like, basically, we told each other, I think, yeah, I'm not going to tell them. I know you. <laughs> and see what happens, right? So they didn't end up picking me. They picked him. He gets on the jury. And uh, and I don't see him for a long time. I, I run into him maybe a couple years later. I say, hey, man, you know, what, what, whatever happened with that trial, it uh, – he goes, oh, man, I guess I got a shit face to, to like the third day in and didn't show up. Are you <laughs> serious? Days, yo, I'm dead serious. Um, well, that's why, they, that's why they pick alternates. That's why they have alternates. <laughs> you know, but these are the type of people that want to get like, you know, I don't really want to get on the jury, but he did yeah. because he wanted to get out of work. He was a garbage man. He didn't want to go to work. So um, so that's what you're facing. If you're uh, if you're ever in a situation where you're about to go on trial, you probably want to take the plea bargain. Um in San Francisco. Or, or just take, or just take the judge, you know, the jury by judge, you know, instead, yeah, of, yeah. instead of instead of your supposed peers, right? Instead yeah. of just, well, I thought the whole process was, you know, the whole idea of, and I felt bad. I mean, there were so many, there were so many like Asians there and like older Asians who didn't speak a word uh-huh. of English, and they had uh-huh. no clue. I mean, what when the what they 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 knew so little English. That when the person called their name and said you're dismissed, they didn't understand the word dismissed. So they are you sure they are you sure they weren't playing it off just so they can get out of it? No, 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 no. These they 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 must have known these people. They called their names ahead of time before even they must have known they didn't speak English based on their applications or who they were in the system. They must have known these people spoke no English 
or were new to the country. And so they called them out before any questions were asked or anything. And you could tell these people like were just there. instead of leaving, most of them were like walking up to the front of the of the court asking, what, 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 what do I do? And they finally said, no, you can go home. And they go, oh, OK. <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah, I felt I felt bad. I no, that whole place. Imagine, just think about our city and how it's run these days, and think about what it's like in the Hall of Justice. It's 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 Looney Tunes, man. It's a clown show. Like you never want to be wrapped up in that system. Avoid that at all costs. It's it's oh, just I, a terrible place to be. Oh, of course, it's a cool. And, and then you wonder, then you think, okay, you know what? I don't agree with any of these things these liberal DAs are doing. But when you start to see this process. You start to understand why they do a lot of plea bargains, you know, yes, exactly. because they don't want neither side wants to go through this shit. Exactly. But, exactly. Because yeah. they're like, I'm going to lose this case, man. It's going to just be no way. Even with all this hard evidence, I'm not going to win this case. Or if you have a liberal DA like like that last asshole that was in there. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I, I don't know. Like I said, if, if it was not if it wasn't the thing where I was going to go into my traveling, I probably would have gone through the jury selection process tomorrow. But. I can't believe for a second that when they asked what I did and I said I did a political conservative podcast five days a week, I'm sure they would have said goodbye. <laughs> I guaranteed. I guaranteed in this city if I start to talk about how much I can't stand the crime, I'm sure they would have said goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I mean if you, you know yeah. so I don't think I would I don't think I would have made it through the jury selection process anyway. I'm way too opinionated. Yeah, yeah. There's know. no way. No yeah, way. you know, so I, I think I think that, you know, it's it's a it's a process. I think they really look for people who are totally out of it, you know, who have no like who like don't follow politics much, don't follow these things much, don't have a very strong opinion either way. I think those are the kinds of people that they that they want who won't have a lot of biases. You know, I think the more yeah. biases you have, the less likely you are to be to be picked. Well, I tell you what, if they picked uh, my old junior high school buddy um, for a jury that. That selection process sucks. Well, he seemed like just a dopey guy, and that's what they like, you know? Yeah, but uh, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, guess. I know. I know. I mean, that's, you know, a friend of I'm, this is going totally on a different tangent, but speaking of dopey people, my friend who's very – an old friend I had, very smart, wanted to go on Wheel of Fortune, right? And they go through this – you have to go through this whole process. It's even tougher than jury selection to get on fucking Wheel of Fortune. And <laughs> you know, they make you do like these mock games. And he was really good at it. And if you're that good at it, they don't want you on there. That's hilarious. So they literally want people who are just like mediocre schlubs. <laughs> yeah, he thought, oh, my God, I'm good at this game. They're going to like me because I'm good at this game. You know? No, it was too good. You, you're gone. But you're gone. You're so you smart. don't want to – you yeah. don't want to make it on Wheel of Fortune because that's saying something. Yeah, that's I saying the wrong. High. You can't be on these shows. <laughs> you can't be on these it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. It really is. You know? Oh my God! Yeah, and and the fact that they're still making you wear a mask at the Hall of Justice says everything you need to know about that place. It's 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 all bad, man. And you're right; they're fucking pollute. That those goddamn things. I see them on the ground everywhere. Everywhere I go, man. I, I gotta keep my dogs from 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 eating those things. You know what I mean? Like it's. I it's, know. I know. It's I ridiculous. See, I see them all over the place. I see masks all over the place. Especially yeah. when it was when it was mandated, I used to see them every day in the street. I'd say three or four, just walking a few blocks. You know, oh, thinking man. these are the liberals who love the environment. And all that. Once again, total Mike, fun. Total Mike, fun. Mike, you know what I used to do? And I, I would count. I would see how many I could count within a block. 
um, you know, mass just strewn about. And one time on a short block, I counted probably 11, just, just one block, one short block. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyways, man, um, I know there's other callers waiting, so I'll let you go, Mike. Thanks, Chief. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right. Um, let's see. Okay. All right. Well, I I also want to just talk quickly about the CDC. And I just mentioned earlier in the show that they have quietly, quietly ended their recommendation for masking in healthcare facilities. So one has to ask, why are they so quiet about it? Because when they recommended masks, when they mandated masks, they certainly let everyone know about it. So why are they quietly? And if I didn't see this on social media, I would not have known this happened two days ago. Of course, they're quiet about it because they want them to still do it. That's the whole, this is, this is a ridiculous game. They want them to still do it. So they don't want to be as adamant about ending it as they were starting it. And guaranteed, even though the CDC, this is how phony, this is how phony the left is. This is how phony Democrats are. They have said for two and a half years, we follow CDC guidelines. Guaranteed here in San Francisco in a medical facility, at your doctor's office, at your dentist's office, they're still going to mandate masks. So I want everyone to, to have a pair, to grow a pair, including myself. And next time you go to your doctor or dentist here, say, didn't you know, don't you follow CDC guidelines? Don't you know the CDC on September 26th said no, no more, no more wearing masks, no more general mask wearing in these, you can get rid of the mandate. And see what they say. Tell me what they say. Report back to me what your doctor or dentist says. You don't got to be an asshole about it. The way I am. <laughs> the way I just did. You can say, I, I heard something about the CDC ending this a few weeks ago. And see what they say about it. Because guaranteed, guaranteed, here in San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York, they won't end it. Even though they follow CDC guidelines to the T, to the T. When they make masks mandated, but not when they take away the mandate, because liberals are full of shit. They don't follow any CDC guidelines. They virtue signal and they do anything that seems to be anti-Trumper, anti-Trump. That's going to go on forever. That's going to go on forever. And this obsession, this compulsion with masks and COVID mandates and vaccines is going to go on forever, forever in one aspect or another in Democrat-run cities, forever. Even after they lose, even if they get their asses kicked, and by the way, I'm much more confident than five weeks from now they will, because we talked about polling and this generic ballot and that, you know, Republicans are one point up, only two points up, three points up, one point up. Why is it so close? Well, when you look deeper into the numbers, which I know Democrats hate doing, when you look deeper into the numbers, you'll see that in the swing states, Republicans are up by 20 points, which is all that matters. The swing states are all that matters. The swing districts, they're up by 20 points. The heavily Democratic areas are where the Democrats make up all that ground in the overall generic ballot. You know, like Pelosi will win by 50 and Gavin Newsom will win by 70. That's where they flip. That's what, That's why it's so skewed the overall generic ballot, because Democrats in deep blue cities and states are winning by 40, 50, 60 points. But when you look at these swing states, the swing districts, and that's the only thing that matters when it comes to swinging the Senate or the House, Republicans are up by 20, 
one points. That's a phenomenal, a huge amount. So I'm much more confident that Republicans will take back the House and the Senate in five weeks and win the governor races in those purple areas, those swing states as well. Much more confident now. Much more confident. I uh, hope, hope, hope it made you more confident because I'm definitely more confident. Okay, who is it? Who do we got here? Is this Joe? Joe. Hey, what's up, Mike? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, man, I'm not so sure all these um, prognostications are going to um, add up. Uh, because, like, I think that um, there's a lot of, like, pro-populist things that are going to work against the Republicans. I don't think that the Republicans showing up with the, um, you know, uh, critical race theory, what bathroom Caitlyn, uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner sh- should be using. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure. I think America's uh, moved beyond those conversations, Mike. What do you think? What do you mean? You mean Democrats are the ones that are into that stuff? Is that what you mean? Well, I think you guys really lean on that because you guys don't bring any other policy, Mike, for real. Joe, I think it's the opposite of what you say. I don't know what you're talking about. I All mean, right, I think it's lately, the opposite of what you say. The, the Democrats are the ones that talk about about gender. The Democrats are the ones pushing those things like critical race theory and and teaching and teaching about sex change to kindergartners and which bathroom you go into and pronouns. Republicans don't push that. That's the Democrats think- thing. I mean, like, okay, so what do you... The Democrats what, what, don't talk about the real issues, Joe. All right, Those aren't real issues, are they? Mike, let's say you're right. What do Republicans advocate for? Go ahead. Lower taxes. They lower oh, taxes. I always heard that, bro. I always heard that. What's but it's new? true. But it's actually true. What's new, brother? Uh, also, not, 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 not spending your ass off in a deficit. Not spending your ass off in a recession. Not spending <laughs> your ass off in an inflation. That's what the, the Democrats continue to think the more you spend, the better the economy is going to get. That's not the way it works. You know, it's right. like simple economics. Like, like if you have your own little checkbook, the more you spend, if you don't have that money, the not better off you're going to be. You're going to get in a world of shit. And that's right. the same thing. Why can't Democrats get that into their heads? You know, it took me a while. I'm not saying I knew this when I was 20 years old or 25 years old, but right. it took me a while to realize fiscal responsibility is important, not just in the short term, but in the long term. As well, brother Mike, I heard what you said, but what you didn't say is what Republicans advocate for. It you you brought grievance culture forward, and I'm like, Joe, I just said lower taxes. Yeah, I've always heard that, brother. But that's but but that's seven years old. When when you talk about fiscal responsibility, that's advocating for something. That's not that's not advocating for something. I'm 57 years old. I've heard about all those. Okay, I'm going to flip. I'm going to have to flip the script on you. Democrats want to maintain control. They right now they have control of the White House, the Senate, and the House. What are they advocating for to keep those things? I mean, like this is my problem with them. Like, and I can't talk to you about that because. Like, but I'll tell you, my problem with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, is that they practice like skank, uh, pimp slapping Republican politics. They don't ever like step up to the pump and like bring strong Democratic values to the table. They're always like 
corporate. You couldn't well, even get Nancy Pelosi to pass a uh, 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 an, an anti-stock trading bill and pass it because she's so busy insider trading. So, like Mike, but that's you know, the problem, like, Joe. The things the Democratic Party problem, to, brother. The right? Democrat. Wait a minute, Joe. The Democrat Party used to used to say, or they still do, but they used to be. There used to be more evidence that they were the party of the middle class, right? The party of the blue collar, the party of the worker. They're Maybe. not anymore. They're the party of corporate America, man. Yeah, no, no, no. And 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 I'm not going to sit here and like I can tell you, I can make the case better than you can make it that the Chuck Schumer wing of the Democrat party is more, you know, anti-corporate. Chuck Schumer is the senator from Wall Street. Mm. Nancy Pelosi is the representative from big banks, San Francisco. I agree. We're agreeing now, Joe. We're agreeing Well, wait, but yeah, no. But I mean, like, show me a Republican that is pushing back and like really saying, Nancy Pelosi signed this anti-insider trading bill. Uh, you well, don't, they don't see it, brother. Well, no, but no, 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 no. I, I understand you. As far as bills go, first of all, they'll never get that passed because most of these people in Congress do that. So you're not going to get them passed. <laughs> but, true, but the problem is, the problem is, is that you have basically the situation where you have a Democratic Party. So what, on the economic thing, yes, I agree. The Republicans should be pushing more on that kind of stuff. But you have a Democratic Party who used to have all these supposed values that they don't have anymore, such as anti-war, right? Anti-war. No, right. now they're all for sending billions and billions to the Ukraine. Who speaks out against this? Rand right. Paul. So we're You're... talking more. I, I'm, I'm much more of a libertarian than I am a Democrat or a Republican. You You're know. right on that, brother. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and just say, you know what, give credit where credit is due. Like, you know, I'm going to raise your hand as like being um, solid and true. Um, But but what I will like do as, you know, part of the anti-war left, like I remember a time when I didn't have leadership like Chuck Schumer, like Nancy Pelosi, Mm -hmm. like these guys like that stood up for the American family when 600,000 people are going bankrupt nobody stepped up to them from for them from the Republican party uh you know i can tell you about all sorts of people that never stepped up uh for like you know community when they were outsourcing jobs and i had george w bush and the chamber of commerce like going you know shoulder to shoulder and like we're mailing jobs off to you know, China, India, Mexico, everywhere else but the United States. I didn't see a Republican stepping up to the pump. Well, you I know, thought- Joe, this is this is the this is the reality of politics. You have a Democrats have the White House, yeah, the House and the Senate, and we're in a world of shit. We're totally fucked. And now, and they they have to they, they can take a beating for it. That's the way it works, man. You're when right, the economy's brother. bad when people are feeling it. When people are feeling that the economy is bad, that the country's going in the wrong direction, and one party controls everything, that party can no longer control everything. That's the way it goes. You're right, Mike. It goes. Mike, you know what's cool is uh, what what I do have hope for is guys like you who do burn hot, burn true. And when I tell you, like, they are doing um, – uh, Mike – they're doing open heart surgery, quadruple bypass in India for 4,500 bucks. I know that. I know. I know. I invite you 
to bring it to your party. I invite you to I bring. I invite party, you to bring, man. Like, you know, super like competition in the marketplace because, like, dude, if you can bring your party clean and I can show up. And I got, I, 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 nobody spoke more shit about me than Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. But if you're honest about um, well, medical and like what's going on right. and what ain't happening, like, brother, we're going to go places, Mike. But Joe, real. Joe, you also have to be honest. And you're, you're, you're asking, like, what are Republicans going to bring to the table? The Republicans yeah. just came out last week and did a whole new contract for America. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Now, look, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm not saying they're going to be able to get it done. Yeah. But I'm saying what they what they the, the proposal they made was pretty good stuff. The Democrats have made no such proposal. What do you kind of like about it, Mike? Well, I, I do like <clears throat> I'd like the idea of, like I said, I, I a fiscal responsibility. I like that very much. I really do. I think right. it's very important. I think this idea of this, these spending bills are horrible. They're just yeah. going to make things worse. In fact, we know most economists said if Biden got his way and if he got his build back better in full speed, We'd be even worse situation now. So I like that. I also like this idea of the idea of 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 of, of real freedom of not of the government not telling people how to run their lives every day, every minute of the day, every step of the way, and allowing people to have the freedom to actually be Americans, to be involved in the system, to have small businesses that are thriving, and to make this country better. It sounds corny in a way, but I'm really not talking about the flag waving freedom kind of thing. I'm really talking about the freedom to run our lives the way we see fit and participate in society and make it better. I think the Democrats, like I've said, you've heard me say this on the show so many times, have had this authoritarian streak lately where they say, we know what's best. You do what we want or you're getting punished for it. That has to end. That has to end. Yeah, brother Mike, I think you firmly believe that. And uh, but what I would ask you is that like, you know, for this, uh, and what you're asking for is monumental change. Like you're, you're like, very much. Yeah. A lot of it is a lot of his big change. Sure. Yeah, dude, you're stepping up to the pump in a big way. Like you're a man when you step up that way. Right. We we need the prices at the pump down. That's another thing we need. Well, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I I don't want to get caught off on that. What I want, you're stepping up like a real man. You're stepping like, Mike, you're stepping up like a real man when you step up that way. And I'm with you. But at the end of the day, let's acknowledge this is a for-profit model. And, like, if we want, like, real holistic change, we got to stop the, you know, pimp-slapping lobbyist who comes and bitch-slaps our politician, whether Mm -hmm. they're on the right or the left. If it's George Soros, do you want him to have the unfair advantage of, of pimp slapping a Democrat? I don't want I don't want Soros or I know you don't. I don't want, I I don't want Soros. Don't. I don't want the Koch brothers either. I don't want them. Yeah, no, brother. I know you don't. But like, let's come together and acknowledge that is a problem in a for profit political scene like you and me, Mike. We're, we're like arm and arm, brother. <laughs> yes. We are the rebels, Joe, you and I. I'm not kidding you. I know, it's true. No, you're you're not a weirdo to me. Like you're my <laughs> you're my family, bro. Like you like three quarters of my family, Mike. If I, I can't talk they to you, come, I can't talk right? to my family, brother. Yeah. 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 You come not through. a joke. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like with that being said, we we need like po- major political reform. We need major voting ver- reform, mm-hmm. not voting on a Tuesday, not maybe mm-hmm. maybe the mail in vote is a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, can we can we have like, you know, in-person voting and like a long like weekends? Well, once again, I have to I have to blame the Democratic Party because I've heard the Republicans talk about this more than Democrats, which is making Election Day a federal holiday so people don't have to work. Now, I think I think Democrats right now wouldn't want to do that because they want to push their mail in balloting. And if they made Election Day, okay, one of their reasons for mail in balloting is is people can't get off work so they don't vote. And if the Democrats agreed to make Election Day a federal holiday, then their argument for mail in ballots is weaker, you see. Yeah, but if if you guys acknowledge that mail-in ballots are an issue and you say, you know what, let's come back and go with not just some weird Tuesday random vote. Like, what about you guys like stepping up to the pump, Mike? Well, once again, I think a a simple solution would be to make Tuesday a federal holiday, election day, and no one has to work. Tuesday? Why Tuesday, brother? Why not just like the month or the weekend or two weeks? It could be it could be a weekend, but let's put it this way, Joe. Dude, we don't got we don't got to argue about this all night. But if if, if election day were a, were a holiday and people didn't have to go to work, there's no excuse to not get your ass out to the polls. There's not. Uh, no, I hear you, but I mean, yeah. I don't hear that from the Republican Party, Mike. I've heard them talk about making it a federal holiday much more than Democrats. Democrats don't talk about that anymore. They don't talk you about it. You know what? Point taken. Point they don't taken. talk about it anymore. Yeah, point taken. I am not going to defend uh, I, I, Joe. I think I, heard Joe. Bernie talk, I think I heard Bernie mention that years ago. I haven't heard him mention yeah. it recently. I'll go with that, but I'm not going to defend Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck the Skank Schumer. Um, no, so but, we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't like Mitch McConnell either. Mitch McConnell's an asshole also. But I think... I think the that you're we'll the man. If the Republicans take over, which I think they will, we'll see what their new leadership does. And you know what? If they do, if they if they don't get the job done, you get rid of them. That's the way it goes. Mike, what do you think about like Lindsey Graham, like doing the work for the Democrats? Like, you know, th- the Democrats have never ever I'm not, codified Roe. I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of Lindsey Graham, Roe, Mike. Yeah, you know, the, nobody has been weaker on uh, abortion than the Democrats. And like, and when I look at like <laughs> Lindsey Graham making the case, I'm like, dude, uh, I like, thank you, I guess. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, this is the problem of the Democrat Party. Is they just systematically suck their virtue signalers. Yes. And exactly. they're, you're, make, you're making good points here. Joe, yeah, they're Joe, let me let me go to Daniel. I thank thank you for the call because we're going to wrap up the show okay, soon. But care. thanks, Joe. I pr- always Take appreciate care, your Mike. call. Yeah, thank you. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Daniel. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, Mike. Um, I'm, can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, yeah. great, great. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, I appreciate some of what, what Joe had to say there, but but one thing that he had to say and started out his call with, um, I find particularly annoying, and that is when people say, um, "Sure, we know what you're against, but what are you for?" As though what you're against is not very important. What you are against, especially when those things have actually been implemented, they're not things in the abstract. 
there are things that actually were implemented, then that's really, really important because you want to stop those things and you want to prevent those things from happening again. Right. And we want and we want to prevent this runaway medical tyranny that happened in this country over the last almost three years from ever happening again. This wasn't some little thing. This destroyed our economy. This literally destroyed our economy. And we haven't felt all those repercussions yet. Well, um, like you say, and that's, that's, that's a good point you make, that, that stopping bad things are sometimes just as important as, as uh, inventing good things, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just as important. And with the it's COVID far stuff, more, It's yeah. far more important when you're only talking about the bad and what you're for and what you're again. In the abstract is what, what is done most of the time in politics. It's quite often very abstract. But this is very concrete. This happened. We were masked. We lost our jobs because we refused to give up our body autonomy. We had our, our uh, economy locked down that caused this massive, massive destruction of our economy that was amplified by just giving away free money. And those were just hideous things that a government should never do. And they should have known from the very beginning the trouble this was going to cause. Sweden certainly did. One of the biggest reasons that uh, that Anders Tegnell from Sweden said that they decided not to do any lockdown and not to force vaccines and, man- and mask on people was because of what it would do to their society. That was the number one reason that Anders Tegnell gave for not implementing the policies that were implemented across most of the entire rest- Western world, save except for a few states in the United States. And, and 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 because of those policies, we turned our entire world upside down. Of course, we should be voting for what we are against. And I, and, and I just would like to flip this around. This is something I can continually ask anyone that calls in supporting the Democrats. What on earth are they for? They're no longer liberals. They're all illiberals. Show me one liberal policy that Democrats have besides just giving away shit. I mean, if that's what liberals are nowadays, is just giving away money to students that that um, that get come from well-off families and giving them ten thousand dollars. Here you go. While Joe Blow, working blue-collar job, has to pay for it. If that's what you're against, that that's liberal these days. Come on. No, it's a long way away from the days of who, like Pat Moynihan. I mean, I think I think you know guys like uh, Lance and Joe are talking. When you talk about like <clears throat> being against these Democrats, like Pelosi and Schumer, the leaders, the current leaders of the party. They, you know, they, a lot of people on the left, you know, think back to the days of like um, Moynihan, right? And they think back to the days of, uh, of Wahoo, like Geraldine Ferraro. And they think back to the days of, you know, those people. And, and those people don't exist anymore in the Democratic Party. They don't exist no, they anymore. Don't. No, they don't. They don't. And, and, and one, one last point. Um, and I don't want to pick on Joe here, but he brought up um, the cost of health care in India. Um, and the, the reason, Joe, that the cost of healthcare in India is so low is because of the connection, the direct connection between the number of insured people and healthcare costs. You can look across the globe and as the number of, of, of per capita, or I should say the number or the percent of citizens in any country, if, if it's high, then medical costs can be high. There's a direct inflationary drive that is caused by insuring people. Right. In India, the, the percent of population that is insured is 36%. In the United States, 92%. 
if you want to, this isn't a matter of just voting in somebody that's going to magically say, oh, well, uh, coronary artery by- bypass graft surgery is now $4,000 instead of 50000 You know, that's not the way it works. <laughs> you have to, you would have to dismantle the entire insurance industry and say, we're going back to the way it was 50 years ago where everyone's paying out of pocket because that's what they're doing in India and that's what keep the cost down. You are, you, when you go to insurance to try to protect yourself from devastation of, 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 of medical costs, there is reciprocity in this world and what it's going to cost you is inflated costs for the very care that you want insured. That's just the way life is. That's just the way these systems work. If you think you're right. going to be able to have your cake and eat it too, good luck. Not yeah. going to happen. Exactly. Daniel, let me let, me let you go. Uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So what I'm going to do here is uh, we're, we're wrapping the show up. But since Daniel directly mentioned Joe, I'll give Joe the last word for this one, for this show. Joe, what's up? I'll give you, I'll give you the last word. You there, Joe? Joe? Hello, Joe. Calling Joe. Calling Joe. Hello, Joe. Okay, well, if you if you happen to pop up, I'll give you the last word. If not, you can always call back tomorrow. We'll hear again tomorrow. But I do want to mention, while Joe is uh, figuring out his microphone, is that we will once again have another meetup here. If you're in the San Francisco area, if you're in the Bay Area, we're going to have a meetup this coming Saturday night, Saturday night, 7.30, at a nice restaurant called Jones. It's on Jones. It's in the Union Square area. Uh, so this is this, this coming Saturday night at 7.30. A bunch of us will meet up at Jones. If you'd like to, uh, oh, Joe went away. If you'd like to meet me, if you'd like to meet some other people, like-minded people, um, and, uh, you know, gather. And it's a really nice restaurant. It's a really nice restaurant. Uh, good food, <clears throat> good drinks. It's, most of it's like an outdoor setting. Uh, it's really nice, really nice setup. So this coming Saturday night, 7.30, restaurant is Jones, if you're in the area. I'll mention it uh, again on tomorrow's show and Friday's show. Um, okay, I think I think, Joe, I think Joe's gone. Let's call for Joe. You know he's not here. Okay. Okay, so um, we're going to wrap up the show. Oh, Joe's back. Joe, do you want the last word or not? Because if not, I'm going to end the show. Let me see if I can get Joe. Oh, there he is. Okay. Joe, what's up? You there? Hey. hey. Yeah. Hey. Go ahead. You know what? Um, you know what? Nonetheless, like, I appreciate him. I wish we could have did a back and forth between he and I because his valid uh, points were invalid. Um, and we could have, like, easily talked about this um, in terms of, like, competition in the marketplace the conservatives i listen to them day in and day out uh bellering on and on about you know market principles but they never deliver and and at the end of the day this is a raw uh commodified industry and it it, it's not serving anybody any well he can't compete in the market you can't compete in the market nobody can and that's the problem. And like, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck here holding the bag and it's not working. That was my point, brother. Okay. Well, that's, that's your final word. I'll give you the final word. And, you know, and, uh, Mike, well, Mike, well, thank- Joe, Joe, sorry, Joe. Oh, Joe. Okay. But we'll have you back. We'll have Daniel back on tomorrow. Joe, if you want to call tomorrow, we'll be here. 
Um, I think in, in just wrapping things up, I think the Daniel's point was, and my point is, that you can very well vote against things, too. You don't have to always say, what are you for? What are you against? Well, I'm against these regulations that kill the economy. I'm against these pointless regulations that have nothing to do with science and everything to do with the political science. I'm against that. And the Democrats were the ones pushing it. It was Gavin Newsom. It was Andrew Cuomo. It wasn't Ron DeSantis or Christine Nome. So you can be against certain things, too. You can say, I'm voting against that. I don't want that to ever happen again. And the Democrats serve notice that they'll do that to us at the drop of a dime. So that's a valid point, too. And I think Daniel made that point. I think Joe made some good points. All the callers made good points. Cheech, even Lance, Vlad made good points. Um, But now we're going to wrap up the show. And remember, I'm here Monday through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. UK time. The name of the show is in Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. Thanks for listening. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats. Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. See you back here tomorrow.